What's going on, family? It's your man, Kmart. Welcome you back to another episode of the 310 Podcast, mid-season edition. Yes, uh, I've been going for a little bit, just trying to get some things handled on the home front. But other than that, I'm back. I want to just talk about what's going on this NFL season. As you guys already know, this has been a very, I would say, it's definitely been a unique season, to say the least. Um, There's a lot of parody. Injuries have definitely taken a toll on, on a lot of teams. And some interesting transactions that also has also taken place. So, um, if you guys want to interact, interact with the show, you can hit me up at the310podcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to send um, a voice message to our to the show and interact, you definitely can. Um, just open up your, your app on your phone to your voice memos and send it on to the show. So... With that being said, um, I'm definitely going to be jumping into each te- each division and each team, and just kind of giving you guys my opinion on what's going on and what's and what's on the horizon for them in the next couple weeks and their overall forecast on what's going on this season. So let's get to it. I'm gonna start off with the good old AFC East. I mean, as we all know, who's been dominating that division for almost the last 20 years of the doggone New England Patriots. Um, right now, they're they're definitely they're cruising towards another division title, to say the least. Um, this division has been dominated by them because a they have the best quarterback in the division as well as the best coach in Bill Belichick. Um, and honestly, those other the other teams in the division they just can't compete. Um, so basically, up to this point, like I said, New England they've been dominant as usual. Um, they They've had a stifling defense, to say the least. Their defense is literally on a record, uh, record-setting pace, um, averaging about six point, uh, six point eight points per game, which is very low, and honestly, probably uh, and is on and is on par to shatter the league, uh, the league's record for most points given up on um, in a season. Um, back to the to the offense. Brady is being Brady, um, putting up solid numbers: fourteen and five, fourteen TDs to five picks, ninety three um, ninety three passer rating. I Me, mean, basically, is really same old, same old with the Patriots. Um, I know that um, they got railroaded last week versus the um, versus the Ravens, and. I haven't seen a Patriot team rolled up like this in a long time. It, it, it's been some years because Baltimore really put it on them. They really put it on them. So I know New England, um, they had a bye week this week, and I know they definitely want to get off the snide and try to get and get that, na- that, that nasty taste out of their mouth. Um, I know going forward, they do have a, they do have a difficult schedule coming up. Um, they're at Philadelphia. They're home to Dallas. They're at Houston. And they and I'm sorry, no, they're at Houston and they're at home for Kansas City. So there 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 may be some um, there may be some chances of there for another setback. But I mean, for the most part, you would expect the um, the Patriots to kind of weather, weather that storm, especially when you have Brady, Belichick and you have a nasty defense with McCourty, Jamie Collins and the crew. Um, this team, honestly, I still I think they're they're head they're head and shoulders above everybody else in that stinking division. So they should win that outright. Um, another team in the AFC East that's actually a surprise, the 6-3 and three Buffalo Bills. My goodness, I I did not really see this coming. 
Um, they're definitely on track to make the playoffs for the second time in three years, and that hasn't been done since the since the 90s, where they've had a, a nice little couple seasons of playoff runs. But the Bills have been very solid. Their defense has been uh, one of the league's best. Josh Allen, I mean, he still continues to improve. The only thing, he, he needs to get some wide receivers. He definitely needs to get some targets that will definitely help him out in the passing game. You have Singletary and you have um, the ageless Frank Gore running the ball back there. So Buffalo, I mean, Buffalo's on, on they're on they're on task to have a very good season, very good successful season. Um, they did suffer a bad loss to the Browns, uh, a game where they could have easily won, and honestly, they should have won. Um, as you know, I mean, as pretty much anybody that's listened to this show knows and has watched the Browns, I mean, they can't get out their own way. And so with that loss, I mean, that definitely kind of puts them behind the eight ball just a little bit. Um, I know I know they have a tough schedule coming up. I mean, at Miami, who which I mean, even though despite Miami only winning two games, they did. Miami did play Buffalo tough in Buffalo just a couple weeks ago and could have won that game if it wasn't for uh, it wasn't for some turnovers. So, I mean, it's at Miami, which. I mean, that could easily be a, a game that Miami could somehow pull out. Um, you just, you guys just don't know how, I mean, you guys know how division games are. And then you got Denton in their home to Denver, which, I mean, even though they've had troubles with, with their with their quarterback play, which something I'll, I'll get on in a minute. But, I mean, they still have a solid defense. Um, they still have a running game. So, and going on the road, playing against a Buffalo team, that's offense is kind of, yeah, kind of shaky at best at times. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Denver kind of pulled that one out. And then they played at Dallas on 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 Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving afternoon. Then they're home to Baltimore at Pittsburgh and at New England. So Buffalo really kind of made some. Uh, they had the chance to really make some hay um, earlier earlier in their schedule when they were playing some teams that they could have beaten such as Cleveland. Um, they played Philadelphia pretty well at first, but they couldn't they couldn't maintain that edge. So right now, it's really up to Sean McDermott and Josh Allen to kind of pull Buffalo together and see if they can get back to the playoffs. So we'll see what happens with that. Then we have the Miami Dolphins. Even though they they've only won two games, I'm actually surprised um, they actually pulled off a somewhat of a shocker in Indianapolis yesterday by beating the Colts. Um, I mean, I will give it to Miami, though. I mean, they've been playing hard, but I mean, you can just tell that they just don't have the talent to pull it out. I mean, Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick, he's a um, he's a very serviceable quarterback. Yeah, but I mean, if you're tanking, he's not the quarterback that you want because, I mean, he could actually fling that thing. So Miami's still terrible, but I mean they they show some heart. They show some heart. And then you got the New York Jets. <laughs> One of the more shocking wins of this season was the Jets beating the Dallas Cowboys in New York. Um Sam Darnold earlier this season, he had the case of the mono, um, the kissing diseases as as what they call it. But I mean he came back I and mean, he was flinging that thing against Dallas which definitely shocked everybody. Um, Jamal Adams, um, 
he was on the trading block. I know Dallas was looking to pick him up at the, at the trade deadline, and he told general manager Joe Douglas that he wanted to stay. However, Joe Douglas, I mean, he did his due diligence in shopping him. I mean, trying to see what he can get. I mean, as we all know, the Jets, they're in full-blown rebuild mode. But, I mean, nothing happened. Jamal Adams stayed in New York. And right now, he's pretty much like the cornerstone of that defense. Um, the Jets, they, they they do have a couple of of targets for Sam Darnold. I mean, um, I cannot I cannot think of that wide receiver name they used to play for the Reds uh, for the Redskins. Um, Crowder, uh, Crowder, uh, Crowder, and they got Robbie Anderson back there. So I mean, he has, and I think Hurden returned this past weekend. So the Jets, I mean, they they have they have some tools to kind of make to make make a little bit of noise. But I mean, right now they're just terrible. <laughs> they're terrible. But I mean, hey, they have some pieces going forward that they may be able to be able to use. But I mean, for the most part, this this division still New England's to win. Right now they're eight and one. Buffalo six and three. The Jets in Miami. Um, the Jets in Miami. There's Saturday two and seven. So I mean, we all kind of know which way this division is going. So I'm moving on to the AFC North, which is home to the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cleveland Browns, and the Cincinnati Bungles. Right now, with and I'm gonna start with Baltimore. Lamar Jackson. My goodness. This dude is—he's is, one of the front runners for the MVP this season. Um, I know he that this young man is playing with a chip on his shoulder. A lot of people, uh, a lot of the so, the quote unquote experts are, are kind of backtracking now, saying that oh he should have he should just play wide receiver. No, no, this young man is is showing what he can do. He's put he's dominating right now, and his coming out party, I mean, is literally well. He had he had a big game week one versus Miami. I mean, he's been consistent all the way through. And of course, I mean, he he came out to shine and let the whole world know in that game versus New England. That young man balled the hell out. And like I said, right now he's one of the leading candidates for the MVP. He's putting up solid numbers. I'm very I'm very happy for him, first of all. Like, um, because like I stated earlier. He had a lot of uh, de- uh, detractors when he got drafted last season. He was picked at the end of the first round. And, yeah, this young man is, is, is proving why. And he's proving a lot of these experts wrong. And so right now he has been balling. I'm, and they have, they have a very – they have him along with a stingy defense – um, with with um, Earl Thomas, they just traded for Marcus Peters uh, from the Rams a couple of weeks ago, and right now, th- right now this team is seven and two. They're they're gonna they're gonna win this division. I mean, unless somehow some way Pittsburgh is able to come back, but honestly, I don't think Pittsburgh has enough horses to do it. But I'll get to the Steelers in a minute. But like I said. Lamar Jackson is definitely showing why he's um putting up he's and he's putting up MVP numbers. He's showing why he's one of the, the best young quarterbacks in the game. Fifteen touchdowns, five interceptions, a uh, hundred and one passer rating. My goodness! Then you got Mark Ingram running wild. I mean, like I said, I mean, and then also they also had those three tight ends along with the rookie uh, Hollywood Brown. Baltimore, like I said, I mean, right now they're sound at number two in the AFC. And if somehow, some way, if, if New England falls, 
I mean, don't be surprised if Baltimore can take over that number one spot in the road to the Super Bowl. We'll roll through M&T Bank Stadium, which is something no team wants at this point. So, and going and going for the rest uh, during the rest of the season, I mean, they have they have they have some games that they could win. I can easily see them winning. I mean, they have they have Houston coming in, then they have to go out to the West Coast on um on Monday night to play the Rams. Then they come back to the East Coast to play um, the 49ers, and then they travel up to Buffalo. So, yeah, they definitely have their work cut out for them. But the way Lamar Jackson is playing, I'm not doubting them, not one bit. So with that being said, let's move, let's move over to the Keystone State and, and settle down in Pittsburgh. And we got them Pittsburgh Steelers. They finally, finally, finally have a defense it's been some years since the Steelers have had have had a defense I mean and it, I'm talking about probably since like the James Harrison uh Troy Palomalo days the Ryan Clark days because over the last couple of years I mean the Pittsburgh Steelers who traditionally have been known for their defense and they haven't really been doing too much and you have and one of the moves that they that they made to help solidify that defense is getting Mika Fitzpatrick from the Miami Dolphins for a number one pick. He is definitely he's definitely worth what they gave up for him because this young man is a playmaker. Um I was hoping my Eagles would pick him up, but that's 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 neither that's neither here nor there. I'll I'll get to them later on. But this young man, it seems like every every time I watch the Steelers game, this young man is making a play. I mean, the turnovers, the picks, the sacks, the TD, the defensive TDs. I mean, this young man, he ha- he's making him he's making himself a case for uh, winning defensive player of the year. He may just actually do it. Uh, Devin Bush, uh, the rookie from Michigan, he's playing very well. As you know, Pittsburgh they're they're synonymous with drafting um, solid linebackers. To pair, I mean, you got him going on with some of the other greats. So, I mean, if this young man continues, he'll definitely be in that conversation. Um, it's just with Pittsburgh, I mean, they started off 0-3, but, and ever since then they've been 5-1. It's just right now, do they have enough horses to get them to the finish line and to the playoffs? And look at their schedule coming up. I mean, they have the Browns, which, like I said earlier, is a mess. Um, they have the Bengals. They should beat them, and then they come back to play the Browns again. So right now, I mean, Mason Rudolph, he's playing very well for a young quarterback, um, 11 touchdowns, and then you got James Conner. Unfortunately, he's been out for a little bit, but you have Jalen Samuels that, that's been able to fill in and put in and put in the work. And then you got the wide receivers like Juju Smith-Schuster, um, Deontay, um, Deontay Johnson, also putting in some work. So I mean Pittsburgh, I mean they there's some there's some games there where they can they can easily stringle string some wins together to put them in position to get um uh, to get a wild card. But at this point, I really don't see them taking uh overtaking the Ravens for the top spot in that division. But <clears throat> you never know. You never know. So and then let's let's move on to oh my God. These Cleveland Brownies what is what the hell is going on with this this team? I mean, right now it's a mess. It's a mess. I mean, they're only averaging 19 points a game. 
I mean, Fred, it seems like Freddie, uh, new head coach Freddie Kitchens is way over his head with this one. And, I mean, you can kind of see it because, I mean, you think about it. Just over a year ago, he was a positions coach. Then he was upgraded to offensive coordinator. Then upgraded uh, upgraded to the um, the head coach position. I mean, and pretty much this is all because he's had a relationship with Baker Mayfield. I'm guessing they want to get the, the organization wanted to make Baker comfortable. to, And so they just gave him somebody that he knew, which, honestly, I think that was a mistake. They could have they could have upped him to high, uh, to offensive coordinator, but not to head coach. And right now, you can definitely see that these coaches have kind of tuned him out because they're not listening to him. Um, it, it's a mess going on in Cleveland right now. Then Baker, and then like and like I stated earlier, I was talking about Baker. I mean, he has really regressed. I mean, this was this was one of the quarterbacks that a lot of the experts were picking to take that next step and get the Browns to the playoff. And even a couple people said Super Bowl, which honestly I didn't buy that anyway. I mean, what I'm seeing is basically the Browns are kind of like the 2000 Redskins, the 2011 Eagles, where you, you get all these high priced, big name, big personality free agents and you mesh them all together, and at this at this point in time in this season, it's not working. It's not working at all. Um, right now, I mean, they've had some horrific losses. I mean, they got smacked by New England recently. They lost at Denver, and right now, I mean, you really don't see an answer for them, or you really don't see how they can really get out of their own way. And I know coming up, I mean, they have a trip to Pittsburgh. Well, I'm sorry, they play Pittsburgh on a uh, on a Thursday night. Then they they play Miami at home. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami came and, and stole that game. Then they go back to Pittsburgh. They should be Cle- They should be Cleveland at home. They come out to Arizona. Then they're home. They're they're home to Baltimore. And then they should be Cleveland again. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. They play Cincinnati, and right now, just the way that they're playing, they're not showing any life. And I mean, we all kind of seen this where this was, but then again, you see, you've seen some good things. And I mean, like just look at the game where they they smacked the Ravens in Baltimore, and they hung close. You now, and 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 they were hanging in um in another game versus Seattle, where they they could have stole that at the end, but couldn't. But then you also got a game like they played at San Francisco where they gave up an 80-yard TD run on the first, literally the first play of the game. So, I mean, right now the Browns, they're an enigma. And do I see do I see them making a run for, for the playoffs? No. I think, I, if I remember, I think I predicted them to make the playoffs in my in my uh, previous show, but now I'm backing off that bandwagon. And then you have the Cincinnati Bungles. Oh my gosh! This um, right now they're they're zero they're zero and eight zero and eight on the season. I mean, I'm sorry, zero and nine. I, I beg, I beg, I beg, please excuse me on that one. They're zero and nine this season. They bench Andy Dalton, and AJ Green hasn't played at all this season. And honestly, I don't blame him. I don't blame AJ Green for not wanting to play for this sorry organization. My goodness, my goodness. You had six, almost, what, 15, 16 years 
with Mike, um, with Marvin Lewis. Couldn't win a playoff game. Had mediocre seasons. Man, mm-mm. this this franchise is terrible. And then on top of that, AJ Green. I mean, you have it. You had a chance to trade for a trade AJ Green to get you something to help you rebuild, and you decide to keep him. Why? 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 AJ Green is at the end of his contract. He's gonna walk after this season. So why not get something in return to help you build for next season? I know there was a lot of people that were looking at AJ Green. I know the Packers were. The Eagles were. I think the Ravens were looking. Even the Ravens were trying to look at AJ Green. And even matter of fact, I think the Patriots. But for some reason, that front office they didn't want to trade him. I don't know why. And right now we're looking at possibly another 0-16 season for a team. I mean, looking at looking at their schedule coming up. Eh, I mean, they play at Oakland. They play they play Pittsburgh at home. The only game they may have a shot at is maybe the Jets. After that, they they play at Cleveland. They play at home to New England. They play at Miami. I'll, I'll say this now: I think Miami will, will end up winning that game. Um, like I said, me, you have a sh- they have a shot to run the table in reverse. <laughs> so, with that being said, the AFC North, I think right now, me, it's. It's it's um, Baltimore's to lose, followed by Pittsburgh, and then you got the Browns, and then you got the Bengals. So moving on, we're moving on to the AFC South. We got which mean you got you got about three teams kind of scrammed, kind of jumbled up in there. I mean you got the Houston Texans, you got the Indianapolis Colts, the Tennessee Titans, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. All of them are about it's about like a two game difference. With these two, with these four teams, and this is this season, this division is probably going to go down all the way to the last couple weeks of the season. Right now, the Houston Texans are leading this division, and right now, hey, Deshaun Watson is putting he's another one that's putting up MVP numbers along with um, Lamar Jackson. Deshaun Watson has been playing phenomenal up to this point. I mean, he. he <laughs> And he he is definitely back off that knee injury from a couple years ago. Um, Eighteen TDs. Um, he's he's scrambling. He's making all the right plays. And he's not he's not putting his team his he's not putting his team in those negative positions. I mean, he's only thrown five interceptions this year with a one with a one hundred seven quarterback rating. My goodness, this, this young man is balling out of control. Then you got. The resurrection of Carlos Hyde. I mean, man, he's looking like the Carlos Hyde from the San Fran days. And, yeah, he's putting up some great numbers, 704 rushing yards. He's been con- very consistent in pairing him, him with um, with Duke Johnson. That's a nice little one-two punch. Then on top of that, you have to account for Le- uh, for Deshaun Watson scrambling out, out of the backfield. Then you got D-Hop, arguably one of the best best wide receivers in the league. It's just my thing is just with the Texans, they need that they need that secondary consistent secondary option and a, a consistent play from the tight end spot. If they can get those two things this coming off season, look out AFC because yeah, I mean the Texans will have enough to to challenge for the AFC. Then the Baltimore, those those two teams, I'm definitely looking to I'm looking at um. To bally, uh, watch them battle each other for the next few years, and then, oh man, 
one of the things I hate to see with this player is injuries. And that's JJ White. My gosh, man. One of the better, one of the better D linemen in the league. And he was having a really good season up until he got hurt a couple of games ago. And it's crazy because he knew immediately that he was done for the season. I think he tore his pec muscle. And you just hate to see that because I mean, this team was this defense was playing pretty well with JJ with JJ White. I mean, they still have a they still have some um, some pieces with Zach Cunningham and Justin Reed and a Whitney Merciless, but I mean, you got you you're missing that anchor in the middle and te- um a player that teams had to be accounted for and now they're not going to have that coming um going forward is definitely going to be tough. Um yeah, you just you just really hate to see that with him. I mean, because this has been I think the last few years I think last year was one of the few years that he actually played majority of the seats without getting injured but hey other players got to step up to this point I know they have um they definitely do have a tough schedule coming up because yeah I see that they play at Baltimore at home to Tennessee and then at New England hey but you know what hey that that's that's a little bit of tough sledding but hey if you if you want a chance for that AFC crown, hey, you gotta you gotta overcome tough schedules like this. So we'll see what happens with the Texans. I, I mean, I still I still think they'll they're they're in a good position to win that division. They just have to kind of finish it off. And then you have the Indianapolis Colts, who I mean, as we as we all know, they were dealt a, a pretty tough hand to start the season with um the retirement of Andrew Luck. And I mean, Jacoby Brissett, he came in and took the bull by the horn, the horns, and led this team to a very good start. They they led him to a very good record coming out the gate this season. But um he's um he's been injured the last couple weeks. Um T. Y. Hilton Hilton, his injury status has been very <coughs> excuse me, his injury status has been up in the air. Um right now it's and right now, yeah, they suffered a horrible loss to the Miami Dolphins yesterday. Um, but they got to somehow get Jacoby Brissett back because he's putting up, he was putting up some good numbers as well. 14 TDs, three picks, and a 99, 99.7 pa- uh, passer rating. And then, like I said, you got you got the Marlon Mack, who, who Marlon Mack's of the world. He's playing very well, um, averaging 4.2 yards a carry. And then <clears throat> they just got to get T.Y. Hilton back. I think the Colts for um, for the offseason, they got to get another wide receiver in there. I mean, they have two good tight ends with Doyle and Ebron, but they need that they need that other wide receiver. I think an, um, a wide receiver that would definitely help is a AJ Green. And I think getting getting Jacoby Brissett a target like that will definitely help elevate his play. And so the Colts. Like I say, I mean, I think they'll 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 have a shot at the playoffs. It's just it's just at this point, like how are the injuries kind of um, how the um, the injury to Brissett and Hilton derail a, a, a promising start to the season? I know they play the next three games. They play Jacksonville at Houston and at home to Tennessee. So they have a chance to kind of make hay in this division with playing those divisional games. And then, which sends which sends us to the to the south, to the uh, to to Nashville and those Tennessee Titans. 
they had a great comeback win over over the Chiefs um, yesterday. And the question now is, is Marcus Mariota done in, t- in Nashville? My goodness, because, I mean, you get replaced by Ryan Tannehill, and Ryan Tannehill is able to squeeze out some Ws. That's, it's not a good look. It's not a good look for him. I mean, he's been very inconsistent along with his other uh, draft pick compatriot, uh, Jameis Winston. But, I mean, luckily enough, they've been able to stay afloat with Derrick Henry in a, in a very good defense. Um, they've been able to make some plays. And like I said, they've been able to squeeze out some victories over the last couple of weeks with Ryan Tannehill. Um, them too, they they have a couple games coming up against the, um, their division. They play Jacksonville, then at Indianapolis. So I mean, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a chance for them to kind of make some to to make a make a nice little run in the division. Um, Derrick Henry continues to roll. I mean, he's putting up some big numbers and playing very well. Um, that we can that we definitely can't call him a Heisman bust. And so, with that being said, let's move on down to Florida. In Jacksonville, Florida, with those Jacksonville Jaguars who traded uh, disgruntled uh, cornerback Jalen Ramsey. Gosh, I know a few teams were were in in line for his services. I know one team in Philadelphia that could definitely use him, but uh, that's that's neither here nor there. But Jacksonville has been (sighs) – Jacksonville's definitely been up and down. Um, I know Nick. They lost Nick Foles like the first half of, of the first game of the season to a broken collarbone, but he's back. Um, he's ready to take the reins. I mean, they had Garner Minshew for a second. We we were coming into like that that Minshew mania where he was playing very well for for a few games for a few games here and there. Um, he was putting up some really really good numbers. Um, he bought out versus um, games like um, when they played Cincinnati. He bought out when um, they played the Jets. But then he also had some terrible games against the Saints and the Texans. So for right now, it looks like Minshew Mania is over. <laughs> um, and right now, I mean, right now they're four and five this season. Um, they definitely, I don't, I just don't think they right now have the horses. I mean. Leonard Fournette, I mean, for once, I mean, for once, he's not injured and he's playing very well. Leonard Fournette, he's and he's play, he's been playing very well, especially in the passing game, which is definitely a surprise because you would really wasn't expecting all that from him coming out of college. So, I mean, they definitely do have a um, they do have some games. Matter of fact, their next four games are against division rivals. So, like I said earlier, this AFC South is it's definitely going to be up for grabs up to around the last few weeks of the season because, yeah, I mean, all these teams are kind of bunched in there. And then you get, then the Jaguars, they're getting a, a big boost with, uh, with Nick Foles coming back as what we call him in Philly, Nikki Six. So right now, hey, let's see what happens with this AFC South. Um, I believe I predicted the Texans to win it. But, I mean, right now, I mean, we really can't sleep on anybody else in this division. So, hey, let's see what happens. Which Britain, which next brings us to the AFC, the AFC West, which includes the um, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Oakland Raiders, the L.A. Chargers, and the Denver Broncos. 
And right now, it's only, it's only a one-game difference between separating the Raiders and the Chiefs. And right now, I mean, Kansas City, yeah, I mean, they're able to over overcome the busted-up kneecap of Patrick Mahomes. And they actually got some victories uh, with, with him out. And and Matt Moore, he was yeah, he came in, he kind of did the job, and they beat they beat some teams. They beat um well, I'm sorry, no, that actually they actually went um they actually went one and one. My apologies, they went one and one um with um with Mahomes out. To my surprise, they actually beat Minnesota at home. But then again, you know what? Let me let me change that. Kansas City has always been good at home, and they always they always play inspired in Arrowhead, and Arrowhead is definitely a tough place to play. I mean, as any team that goes in there, I mean, teams that typically win at Arrowhead, I mean, you gotta have a you gotta have stable coaching and stable QB play, and looking at looking at the losses that they had, I mean, they lost to Aaron Rodgers at home um, a couple weeks ago, and he put he put up a virtuoso performance, but. Looking at the Chiefs, I mean, they were able to they were able to kind of to kind of get by with Matt Moore. They got Mahomes back, and they were able to um even though they lost to um to the Titans yesterday, um they were they are able to get their their main gun back. So I really think that the Chiefs they're definitely going to take off in the second half. I know the next three games though they play at the Chargers. They on Monday night they play at home to the Raiders and they play at New England, which I think that game right there is definitely gonna is gonna tell a lot what's gonna happen with them this season. Tyreek Hill, ever since he he's come back off the off the um the the shoulder injury, he has been playing lights out. Um, hundred uh, multiple hundred um hundred yard games his last couple um the last few weeks, putting making big plays and then. Right now, I mean, the defense, defense is still having issues. I mean, they they played a good, they played an okay game versus Minnesota, but if you look at it, my gosh, I mean, this this is the reason, this is the main reason why why they may they they may flame out in the playoffs is because of that defense. Their defense is easy to be, it's easy to run on. You can expose it. Um, and looking at what a lot of teams did, I mean, you you go smash mouth on them. I mean, you keep that prolific offense with Patrick Mahomes off the field. And come and like I said, man, coming up, I mean, they have some teams that could actually run the ball with the Chargers, the Raiders, the Patriots, the Broncos, the Bears. Yeah, and the Chargers again. So, I mean, from here on out, they're going to be facing teams that could run the ball so right now, I don't know. I don't. I mean, it's too late for the Chiefs to really get anybody that could definitely help them out. They definitely could have used Jalen Ramsey, and I definitely, if I remember correctly, I think they were in the sweepstakes for Jalen Ramsey. So I mean, right now, our and Big Red, that's my coach. I love him, but I really think, I really think this is going to be another year where they they flame out just because of that defense and. Right now, also another thing for Kansas City is the lack of lack of a running game. I mean, and like I said in the preview show, ever since they lost Kareem Hunt, they have they they've been good, but they weren't explosive like they were a year ago. 
So with that being said, Kansas City, yeah, they still lead the division, but I mean, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to play better, especially on defense, and not make the mistakes that they've been making if they're gonna win this division, go far in the playoffs. And that's and that definitely that falls on the shoulders of Andy Reid. I mean, I'm an Eagles fan, so I know about Andy Reid's coaching, coaching blenders, um, calling in ill-advised timeouts, play clock issues, um, uh, bumbling play calls. So it sucks. It sucks. So let's see if they can do it. See if they can kind of hold hold on to this division lead because the Oakland Raiders. They're coming. They are coming. And you know what? A lot of people, I mean, we definitely have to kind of give some kudos to John Gruden and Mike Mayock because everybody won the slam after that Khalil Mack trade uh, last year. And, I mean, they got Josh Jacobs back there who's definitely on the list for rookie um, for rookie of the year. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not really much you can really say, but, but like, the Raiders, yeah, John Gruden and Mike Mayo, they are building the Raiders back to a to a potential powerhouse. John Gruden's definitely getting the best out of Derek Carr, which is something that we haven't seen since, I believe, 2016 um, under Jack Del Rio. So, I mean, Derek, um, the Raiders right now, yeah, they got Josh Jacobs. They got Tyro Williams, Darren, um, Darren, Darren Waller playing very well. They're, um, they're, they have a very solid defense. As you saw on uh, on Thursday night, where they had the Chargers, um, the Chargers were attempting to, to drive downfield, and they hold they held Phillips to 0-7 passing on his final drive. And because, and right now, I mean, you definitely see what the Raiders are trying to do. They're trying to build a solid offensive line. They just need a couple more weapons. And oh my goodness, if somehow. They would have somehow been able to keep Antonio Brown with Derek Carr. I mean, I mean the Raiders. I mean, right now, I mean, you really have to consider that it may be a dark horse in the AFC. Um, because right now, I mean, they're playing solid football. They're they're they have a solid defense and they have a very favorable schedule coming up. Because I mean, they play teams like the Bengals coming up. They have the Bengals coming up at home. They play at the Jets. They play. Um, they play at Arrowhead, which is that. Like I said earlier, every team is going to struggle playing in Arrowhead. Then they have Tennessee at home. They play Jacksonville at home. Then they play at the um, at the Chargers, and they finish up at Denver. The Raiders could. They could definitely win about eleven games. They just got like I said, just everything just had to fall right. They have to stay injury free. Just continue to kind of ride this momentum that they've been playing on the last couple weeks, because I mean the way that they're playing right now, they're playing very well. And they're just and that running game has been very solid. So, with that being said, let's move on down. Let's move on down to the West Coast, to the L.A. Chargers, and right now. The one word that I can kind of chalk up with the Chargers right now for this season has been inconsistent. I mean, they've they've had some very impressive wins as well as some very suspect losses. I mean, they all and they also started this season with Melvin Gordon holding out, which I think, I mean, 
he's he's getting his footing back. He's playing a lot better, as you could tell. But I mean, the way that the Chargers have been playing, I mean, yeah, they they beat the Colts. Um, they lost to the Texans, which I mean, that was a bad loss. That was a terrible loss. Then they go on the road, they beat Miami. But then, like, they come home and literally get outplayed by the Broncos. Then the 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 next week, they pretty much they they play like dog crap against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which, as you know, I mean, the Steelers fans they travel, so basically it was like the the charge the Chargers were playing in Heinz Field. I mean, come on. And with that being said, it's time to move. It's time to move this team back to San to uh, to San Diego. A team, a place where they legitimately had a home field advantage because right now, this experiment in LA is just not working. The the I mean basically it's basically a Raiders town, and a Rams town. The Chargers have no business being up here. These uh, Spano, the Spanos family, they need they just need to save face and say, you know what, we're we're going back to San Diego, and go back to a fan base that actually like that actually liked them. That was actually supportive towards them. It was just the fact, man, they they just can get a uh, get a new stadium built. You know what? Nah. I mean, right now, this Charger team, honestly, I don't think I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I know they they have a difficult schedule coming up because they play um, they play Kansas City at in Mexico, Mexico City. They play at Denver, at home to Jack uh, at Jacksonville. At home to Minnesota, at home to Oakland, and at Arrowhead, this is not this is not a good road for the Chargers to to attempt to make the playoffs. I mean, right now, I mean, at this point, I mean, the first person I gotta look at is Philip Rivers. I mean, I mean, he has the tools. I mean, he has the tools to make the plays. I mean, he has the wide receivers. He has um, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. He has a running game with Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon, tight end Hunter Henry. It's no way this Charger team should be playing at the level that they're playing now with those targets. And then on top of it, they have a solid defense. They have the um, Bosa and Ingram coming off the edge. True, yeah, they lost Derwin James, but they've been able to kind of make hay and trying to stay afloat. I mean, right now, four and six. Man, and I like and I like Anthony Lynn as a head coach, but I mean, is this definitely is gonna look bad on, on look bad on him? And so with the AFC, I'm gonna finish I'm gonna finish off with the Broncos. <sighs> and this is another team where is one is one I'm not really gonna look at the quarterback. I gotta look at John Elway. I mean, my goodness. You you are arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and yet you, you aside for those couple of years with Peyton Manning, you have not been able to address the quarterback position. I mean, you got you you picked up Joe Flacco. I mean, that's that's a band aid covering up the situation because I mean we all saw what Joe Flacco was, pretty much has been throughout his his entire uh, pro career is inconsistent, and at this point in time, I mean. I mean, all the focus has to be on John Elway. I mean, the Broncos. I mean, they they have a solid defense with um with Von Miller, Chris Harrison, the crew, and um and Bradley Roby. They have they have the running game with um with Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, 
I mean, they they just don't have the necessary tools on that team to actually challenge for the division. Um, and then now they they just they just benched um, they just benched Flacco for the rookie quarterback Drew Locke. And right now, like I said, yeah, I mean, I really don't see any anything in the near future that that will suggest the Broncos can turn it around. And I know that there were some suitors at the trade deadline for Von Miller and uh, for Chris Harris. I mean, at this point, I mean, Denver really just needs to go into full rebuild mode and try to stack up for the future and try to, and try to rebuild this thing. Cause right now it's not happening. So with that being said, um, I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back to talk about the NFC. All right, everybody, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Sorry. So um, we're going to jump into this NFC. And then once I'm done, I'm going to just kind of just give you guys like a just an update on the playoff picture and how everything's stacked up. And so right now, um, the NFC is this is this conference is loaded at this point. And we're going to start out West with the eight and oh, San Francisco 49ers. This is definitely one of the surprise teams in the league this year. Uh, with uh, quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo um, in his first full season with the team, my gosh, this this uh, defensive uh, Nick Bosa is—he's on—he's—he's came—he's came into this league knocking heads and taking names at this point. Um, definitely one of the leading candidates for um, rookie defensive rookie in the year, and could potentially win the defensive player of the year. That's how good he's been just coming into this league. Um, the 49ers, yeah, they they have all the tools right now that you would that you would want in a Super Bowl team. Right now they're they're playing outstanding defense. And their and their offense has been consistent. They just traded they traded for Emmanuel Sanders a couple weeks ago from the Broncos. And that right there has enabled them to open up their offense even more than what it is. I mean, right now they're averaging 29.4 points a game, which is third in the league. And they're um, they're number six in the league in total in total offense with 390. Um, right now, um, this team is very consistent. They have a very good um, ground game. I like I like the direction that this team's coming is going in. True, I got a small little bias opinion because of course my sister works for the 49ers, but but I but I, I definitely try to keep that out of the equation. But honestly, you know they're playing very well. Um, they have a huge game coming up in an hour against the Seattle Seahawks, um, just so they can try to at least maintain that that edge in, in the division lead, as well as this is this like I said this is this is a rivalry game coming up tonight. I mean Seattle and San Francisco they they played in some dog fights over the past few years. I mean you think about going uh, looking at the the NFC title game that they played against with Richard Sherman. And Crabtree, I mean, they they battled for the division um, for a few um, um, a few times here in the past, in the recent past. So, I mean, this is a big game for the 49ers to really say, hey, look, we're the top dog in this division. We're the top dog in this conference. And this is and this is a and also, if they win tonight, they establish even an even more um, 
they um their record um and I can't even think of it right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, their um their lead over everybody else in the NFC expands even more because you I mean you got teams like the Saints losing yesterday to the Falcons, and then you're trying to stay ahead of Seattle, and then um in Green Bay. So right now this is a huge game for the 49ers and to see if, if one they're for real they're 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 going on prime time against a against a division uh, a big uh, a big division rivalry rivals so this is key let's see if San Francisco can um can keep can keep the advantage and play very and play well especially at home that's another thing they've been dominated at home um, they, they, they put up like 50 some points against the Panthers a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, yeah, this team is definitely, this, this team is definitely one of the top teams and one of the odds on favorite to, uh, to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. So let's move, let's move up North to those Seattle Seahawks who they, um, they play the 49ers in, in a little bit and Russell Wilson, I mean, it's funny. I mean, you you see like the two different eras of Seattle uh, C- Seattle Seahawks football over the past few years. I mean, in twenty twenty thirteen, I mean, it was basically it was the team was led by the Legion of Boom, like Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor. You got the Michael Bennett's and the Bobby Wagner's of the world. I mean, true, yeah. Um, Bobby Wagner is still there, and he he's the cornerstone of that defense along with Shaquem Griffin, but now you're seeing that this team has pretty much have gotten rid of the um, the the big personalities like the Michael Bennett, the Richard Shermans, and the Earl Thomases, and they built this team around Russell Wilson and the running game. I mean, and r- right now, Russell Wilson is putting up some phenomenal numbers. I mean, it's him, um, Deshaun Watson, and Lamar Jackson as one of the the top contenders for the MVP trophy, um, Russell Wilson. I mean, you just look at his numbers right now. I mean, he's thrown 22 touchdowns, one interception. I mean, seriously, one interception and 118 QB rating. This dude is balling. And then on top of that, you surround him with the running game. You got you got you got Chris Carson, who's who's been very consistent this season. And then you got him um, a wide receiver like Tyler Lockett. You draft a young a stud like DK Metcalf in the second round. And true, yeah, they lost. Um, they lost. I forgot that that one tight end, the Will uh, Will Di- Will Dissy, earlier in the season, and he he was also coming into his own as well. I mean, but I mean, Seattle, their offense is prolific right now. And like I said, they they're they're more they they took they took that burden off the defense and put on the offense. Because right now, I mean, they're averaging 27 points a game, which is seventh in the league, three point three hundred three ninety five, which is fifth in terms of yards. They're averaging three hundred ninety five yards per game this season. I mean, this team is clicking. This is a and their defense and hats off to Seattle. They made the plunge and got Jadavian Clowney to help with that pass rush. I mean, they still got, like I said, they still got Bobby Wagner. They they still have uh, K.J. Wright. I mean, but yet 
they're building with younger players like uh, with Trey. Like say you then they got they had Trey Flowers, former New England Patriot. They got Michael Kendricks, former Eagle. I mean they they got uh, Shaquille and Shaqu- uh, Shaquille uh, Griffin back there. And so I mean right now I mean Seattle is looking very formidable. Um, they're definitely going to have something to say about who wins this conference. And right now, I mean, like I said, Seattle is one of the one of the one of the better teams in the NFC. Right now, they're seven and two right now. And like I said earlier, this game against San Fran is huge. Um, is huge for them. Um, I know their um their upcoming schedule. They play. They play at well, like I said, they have uh, San Fran tonight. Then they have a bye. Then they play at Philadelphia. Then they play. They're at home to Minnesota on Monday night, and then a bit another big game. They play at the Rams on Sunday night. No, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, on Sunday night. So this is a huge one. This is a huge. One. I can't wait for this one to see. Man, plus anyway, I like I like watching Russell Wilson play. I mean, he he moves within the pocket. He he does he does what you have to do to win the game. So, like I said, Seattle's definitely a top contender in the NFC. And then you move on down the coast to LA and those LA Rams, the defending NFC champions. Right now, right now the Rams have been pretty inconsistent as of late. Um, they they got the dog smack knocked out of them. In Pittsburgh, I mean Pittsburgh, they bullied them, and really, we really, we really don't know what to make of the Rams right now because it's been a lot of inconsistent play at this point in time. I mean, true, yeah. And before, before this last game, they had won their last two, but before that, they got smacked by San Francisco, and then before that, they lost a heartbreaker in Seattle, and before that, they gave a fifty-five points to Jameis Winston of all people. You can't make this stuff up. But, I mean, right now, the Rams, I mean, right now, it, the main thing that I definitely want to, I mean, the, the, one of the main things that you definitely got to look at is, one, the injury to Todd Gurley. I mean, right now, I mean, he's not playing as much. I think the Rams, they're trying to, they're trying to save him to the stretch run. But the thing is, though, you got to get to the stretch run with a with a chance and right now they're not really giving themselves a chance um to compete and have a chance to win it because i mean right now at this point um they're not going to win the i i i'd be shocked if somehow they can win the nfc west because one they're not going to overtake san francisco i doubt they overtake seattle i mean at this point i mean the nfc is very was very clogged is very clogged up at this point in time um, like I said, I mean, you got Jared Goff. I mean, he's he's been very inconsistent up to this point this season. I mean, 11 TDs. I believe he's thrown eight interceptions. Um, what happened to Cooper Cub yesterday? Man, he had zero catches for zero yards. And I'm trying to see, was he injured? And he, he, he wasn't injured. I mean, really don't know what's going on with him. Then you got, like, the inconsistency of Robert Woods as well as Brandon Cooks. And I think actually Brandon Cooks, is he's actually been out with a concussion. And at this point in time, we really don't know when he's scheduled to come back. So right now, it's a lot going on with the Rams. They uh, One thing they did do, they did make 
Um, they did make that trade to get Jalen Ramsey. So really, the Rams, they are with the first round pick for at least, I think, the next three to four years. <laughs> um, I know that they traded Aqib Tlaib just to try to make room for um, Jalen Ramsey. And then they also traded Mark, uh, Marcus Peters. So right now, it looks like they're going to they're gonna try to build around um, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, which is, I mean, hey, it's a very nice combination to build around. But the thing is, though, is like, what else are what else are they going to build around them with? Um, I know um, Rams Ram GM Les Snead, he he's definitely a go for broke type of um, GM, which is, I mean, hey, that's that's. Um, I'm sorry, he's I believe, I believe Les Snead is the owner, but he's one of those guys. Yeah, he's definitely going to swing the for the fence, and he's in L.A., which is which. Of course, as we all know, I mean, they won nothing but a winner. And then, I mean, at this point, I mean, he definitely has to have a winner and some pieces coming into that and you know, going into that new stadium in a couple of years. So right now, uh, it's kind of like a go for broke uh, mentality with the Rams right now. So we'll see how we'll see if, if, how far it takes them. But I know in the next couple of weeks, I know they definitely do have some tough games coming up because they play the Bears at home uh, next Sunday night, um, and they're playing a, a Bears team that is desperate for a win. Um, then after that, they um, they host Baltimore on Monday night. Then they they come they go to they head out to the desert to play the Cardinals. Then a big game for them is Seattle coming in on Sunday night football in Week 14. They go to Jerry World to play the Cowboys, and they finish up with San, um, at San Francisco and then back at home against Arizona. So there are some games that the Rams, they definitely need to pull out if they if they intend to make a run at, at a wild card spot. So they definitely have their hands full with that. So with that being said, let's move on down to, to, the, uh, to the desert, and let's look at those Arizona Cardinals where you got – Rookie coach Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray coming in. I mean, you definitely see the potential with Kyler Murray. Um, he, in my opinion, I mean, he's Russell Wilson 2.0 because, I mean, you definitely see the maneuver in the pocket. You see um, you see the scrambling ability, and he has a, he has, he has a cannon for an arm. Um, right now, the Cardinals, they're 3-6 and six, um, at this point at this point in the season. Um, really wasn't expecting much from the Cardinals this season. I mean, I definitely knew that this was going to be, um, a grow, um, a season of growing pains, especially for both a rookie, uh, head coach and rookie. Um, you de- but you definitely see some potential there. Um, I mean, they, they won, they won some big games. I mean, after, I mean, after a tie, um, during the first game of the season, I mean, man, they um they beat Cincinnati on the road, which is something everybody's been able to do. They've been able to knock off Atlanta at home, go on the road to the Giants, and for the most part, for a little bit, they're playing the Saints pretty tough initially, but before they broke that up, and they had a chance against San Francisco at home. So right now, I mean, the Cardinals, I mean, yeah, they're just kind of stuck in that that young that young that young team trying to um trying to learn how to win, um. The injury to DJ uh, to David Johnson definitely uh, definitely didn't make things easier. Then on top of that, uh, they also made a trade for Kenyon Drake, 
who kind of supplanted David Johnson as the lead back. I don't know how, but I mean, right now, I mean, looks like looks like they're kind of trending towards um, Kenyon Drake as a feature running back instead of David Johnson. I mean, I still think he's still one of David Johnson, still one of the better talents in this league. But um, I really don't know what's going on. And how come he's not getting like the touches that he's that that he needs? But I mean, he still may be injured. I really don't. I'm not really, not really too sure with that one. And then you got the ages wonder Larry Fitzgerald out there still making plays huh, at, at his age. It's like man, this dude is still. St- it's not it's not really many uh, descriptive things you could say about this guy because I mean he's he's a warrior. He's a pro's pro. That pro's pro. That's probably the best thing you could say about Larry Fitzgerald at this point in his career. Um, and then you have Patrick Peterson, who still he's still a he's still a, a a good cornerback, a very good cornerback. It's just the fact of the matter. I don't know what that suspension kind of took out of him. Um, I know that there there were a few teams that were definitely looking to trade for him at the deadline, and the Cardinals kind of held on to him. I, I do remember a couple of years ago he was on the trading block, and he said he didn't want to leave Arizona, but. At this point, I mean, the Cardinals, yeah, they definitely need to get as much as possible, as much as they uh, as possible for him, so they can try to get this rebuild underway and trying to surround um, um, Kyler Murray with the with the uh, regular weapons that he'll need in the future to to develop as a quarterback. So that's it for the NFC uh, NFC West. And so right now, I mean, it's still San Francisco's um, division to lose at this point, and it. At this point, I really don't see – well, like I said, I mean, Seattle's probably the only team that could definitely put a scare into them and possibly take away that division. But like I said, they got to get this W tonight before heading into that bye week. And so with that being said, we're going to move on to the NFC South where we have the New Orleans Saints, the Carolina Panthers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Atlanta Falcons. And so right now – the Saints have a sitting um, they're leading the division with at a seven and two record, followed by the Panthers five and four. The um the Buccaneers are three and six and the Falcons are two and seven. The Saints, um the Saints have, have pretty much for the most part south side of San Francisco have looked like one of the better teams in this league with Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. But week two, Drew Brees went down with a with a busted up thumb and in came Teddy Bridgewater who was able to kind of gear, uh, who was kind of able to kind of guide them through like that little tough patch because they played some teams at that particular time that had some pretty good records. I mean, you think about it. I mean, after that loss to the Rams, they they went up to Seattle and beat the Seahawks. I don't know how they did it, but, I mean, they made plays both offensively, defensively, and special teams. Then they went back home. They went home to play the Cowboys on Sunday night, and they were able to beat them in a slugfest, a 12-10 slugfest, which, I mean, you got to give credit to the Saints defensive coordinator, uh, Dennis Allen, because, yeah, he devised the game plan to take Zeke Elliott out the game and put, and put the ball in Dak Prescott's hands, and we'll get into that in a moment. And then on top of that, then they go and they beat the Bucks. They go to Jacksonville and win. They go to Chicago and beat the Bears. They go uh, and they beat and Drew Brees comes back in week eight and they smack the um, the Cardinals. 
only to come out of their bye and lose to at the at, to the one at that time the one and seven Atlanta Falcons twenty six to nine. Mind you, this was a um <laughs> this game was like a third it was like a um it was the Saints uh, Saints minus thirteen on the line on the betting line and pretty much New Orleans I'm sorry Atlanta goes in and smacks them by seventeen. It's like, and and that's the thing about the NFL. I always tell people it's a week to week league because so many things happen from week to week, and you just don't know how the hell it happened. So right now, yeah, and I'm pretty sure. I mean, this was like one of those little blips on the radar. I think the Saints will be okay. I know they have a big game next week against Tampa. They play, um, matter of fact, going down the street. Yeah, they play at Tampa. Um, they host Carolina. They go to the dome to play the Falcons. I believe that's Thursday. I believe that's um, no matter. Yeah, that's Thanksgiving night. And then they play. They host San Francisco. Then they play at um, they host Indy. They go at they go to Tennessee. Then they finish up at Carolina. So I mean, it's some room. It's some. I think the Saints they they they'll win majority of those games and have a shot. And possibly getting the number one spot, but they should win the division. They should, and yeah, I highlight the word should. <laughs> but I mean, like I said, I mean, you got the Saints back there, and 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 one thing um, with Teddy Bridgewater, he's definitely going to get some looks after this season for a starting quarterback job. This young man has came back from that busted of knee and has played and has played lights out. So. Like I said, I mean, it's going to be definitely interesting in that AFC West. And then on top of it, and I'm sorry, one last thing. they Their defense is still stifling. Aside from what happened yesterday against the Falcons. Now, the Saints defense is still fairly, is still formidable. And so with that being said, let's move on down to the, to the Bible Belt with those Carolina Panthers. And Christian McCaffrey, he's also along those lines. And has put up the numbers to be considered an MVP caliber player. He is our, he has been the best back in the league this year. I don't care what you say about the Zeke Elias, the Saquon Barkleys. It's, it's pretty much between been between Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook as the best running backs this um, in the in the league this year. Um, he, I mean, the number of long runs he's made this year is incredible. I mean, right now he's about to, he's about to crack a thousand yards, and man, and we're and we just finished week ten. He has eleven touchdowns. I mean, he's he's pretty much just kept this team afloat. I mean, if they didn't have Christian McCaffrey, Lord only knows where this team would be. Then the the elephant in the room that I definitely wanted to talk about is Cam Newton. Um. Cam, honestly, Cam hasn't been the same this year. I mean, definitely the injury definitely do have something have something to do with it. Um, but this kid, Kyle Allen, has been a, like a revelation to them. Um, he's came in and, and has done the job. Do I think when Cam comes back, he should get a job? No, because this team has played a lot better with Kyle Allen under center than they did with Cam Newton. Um, at this time, I mean – He's putting he's he's getting the ball to the weapons, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, and Greg Olson. It's just the thing with Carolina. They they need they need a, a they need a legit threat 
at the wide receiver spot to take over uh, for these wide receivers. I mean, and I'm not trying to say nothing bad about DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, but those two are not really going to throw are going to really scare many defenses out there. And unfortunately, I'm a big Greg Olsen fan from the U back when he was with the U. But I mean, honestly, at this point in time, father time has definitely passed him by at this point. I mean, he's not he's not the same player he was three, four years ago. And right now, um, Caroline, they definitely need to definitely look at the tight end position, either in free agency or the draft. But overall, I mean, like I said, I mean, they're five and four. They're hanging in there in this division. Um, I, I do know their next couple uh, the next couple weeks on. I definitely know they have. Um, they have they have um, some opportunities to somehow make make up some make up the deficit in this division. Uh, I do know um, they play Atlanta and at New Orleans and then Washington in the next three games. So right now, I mean, if Carolina, if they're going to stay afloat. They definitely need to make hay in these last few weeks. And so with that, we're going to move we're going to move up north a little bit to the ATL and those dirty birds, those Atlanta Falcons. Um, right now they're two and seven at this point in time. And my thing is, though, I mean, definitely injuries to Matt Ryan with the, with the ankle injury, but he wasn't really out that long. But the thing is, though, you have Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, <laughs> Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper, Devontae Freeman. I mean, this team should not be, too, uh, this is not a two and seven Squad. I mean, this team has enough offense to account for any, any for anything for any issues this defense has. Right now, I mean, it's not really much to really say about the Falcons. It's just right now they're just a really bad team. But somehow, some way, they were able to put it together and somehow beat the Saints. I don't know how. I don't know how. Don't ask me how and why <laughs> they were able to do it. But um. I was reading something that the only time the Saints were held without a touchdown in the in the Superdome was only one time, and that was to the Falcons. And right now, I mean, Dan Quinn, I mean, he's definitely coaching for for his job right there. And I'm sorry, and going back to the Saints right there, and the Saints have to know better. I mean, for one, this is the division rivalry because this rivalry between the Saints and Falcons is heated between both both those teams. And, and, and these fan bases, because as you all remember, the Super Bowl was in Atlanta and you had a whole bunch of Saints fans coming into Atlanta, pissed off about what happened during the NFC title game. But then you got some Falcons fans were relieved the fact that the Saints wasn't playing in the Super Bowl in their home turf. So right now. Right now, um, and like I said, hats off, hats off to the Falcons and Dan Quinn, because right now he is definitely coaching for his job. Um, and at this point in time, they're done. They're done because I mean, coming up there, they're at Carolina. They play, which uh, I'm gonna count. You can easily kind of count that as a, you may count that as a loss. Then you got Tampa Bay. They're at they're at home to Tampa Bay, and they play at home to New Orleans. So I mean, but you know what? You never know. You never know. It's a It's a um. It's a rival within this division. So I mean, hey, I'm saying this is a win, which it. Who knows at this point? Because it's definitely, like I said earlier, it's a week-to-week league. And so, which moves us up to, well, moves us down to, to, the, to the Bay of Pigs, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. And 
the only thing I can really say is, I mean, Jameis Winston, man. I mean, will we ever see the potential of Jameis Winston that that we thought that we were going to see when he came out of the draft? I mean, just like his um his drafty counterpart, um, Marcus Mariota, who's been benched. I mean, right now, I I mean, I said it on my pregame show. I think this is Jameis's last chance to really show what he's capable of. Because I mean, they they bought in arguably like one of the better QB whispers out there in Bruce Arians, who who pretty much has done a good job wherever he's went with quarterbacks. It's just right now, it's just with Tampa. I mean, with Tampa. I mean, and the thing is, though, with the Buccaneers, with the with the Buccaneers, they have the web that they have the necessary weapons. They have they have Mike Evans. They have Chris Godwin. They have a good, they have good running back with Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber, and then they got OJ Howard, and this team should be better than a three and six team that is showing. I mean, and then I mean they they and this team has showed the potential. They've beaten teams like the Rams at home by putting up fifty five points. They've beaten teams. They've beaten teams like Carolina at home, but they've also had some terrible losses like losing to the Giants. Um, they lost to the Saints. I mean, which I'm not really surprised by that. And then, but then again, you get you get a game where they hang with the Seahawks. I mean, I don't get it with this team. It's just inconsistency at this point. And coming up, I mean, the next couple games. I mean, they're they're they play New Orleans at home. They play at Atlanta, and then they play at Jacksonville. So, I mean. I think, like I said, I think this is James' last chance. That's what I fully believe. And if I and if he if he isn't able to get it together with Bruce Arians, at this point, he never will. And so with that being said, we're, move, we're moving on up to the NFC North division, which which it houses the eight and two Green Bay Packers, the seven and three Minnesota Vikings. The five and four Chicago Bears and the three and five and one Detroit Lions. So I'm gonna start off with the Lions. I'm gonna move. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start from down to up this time. So really, the main thing right now. I mean, Detroit. I me. Mean, they started off this season fairly well. They started off very well this season. I mean, true. Yeah, they started off with a tie to the Cardinals, but they 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 beat um, the Chargers. They went on the road and beat the Eagles and hung with and. And had two game, two back to back games after that, where they hung with they they were they were hanging with the Chiefs. They should have beaten the Packers if it wasn't for some bogus calls. And then they were in a shootout with the Vikings. And now at this point in time, injuries injuries definitely if injuries are definitely having a a big say in the Lions seat, especially with Matt Stafford. Um, he missed last game. Uh, with some broken bones in his back. I mean, right now, his status for this week, this week coming up against Dallas, is kind of up in the air. And they're gonna need him. They're really gonna need him because I mean, the the Lions they do have some targets with um with Marvin Jones and Galladay back there. And right now they're at three and five. And these next couple games are critical for them. I mean, they they play Dallas at home. They they then they go to Washington and then they come back home on Thanksgiving to host the Bears. 
So right now, right now it's a big it's a big stretch for the Lions if they're gonna try to contend for that wild card spot. So we'll see what happens with that. And so we're gonna move up to the Windy City, Chicago. And we're going to look at last year's division winner, the Chicago Bears. And right now, it's a lot of, a lot of uncertainty going on in, in the shot in, in, in the city, in the city of broad shoulders. And right, and pretty much a lot of people are looking at um, Mitchell Trubisky. True, yeah, he had a good game yesterday against the Lions, but but, but before that, his play was atrocious. And right now, I mean, the look, I mean, right now, a lot of people are looking at Mitchell Trubisky and Bears coach Matt Nagy at this point, because right now, I mean, they're not they're not getting the punch out of the offense that they got at least a year ago where they were. They were they were serviceable last year. They were able to put up some points. But this year has been the complete opposite. They 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 haven't really been able to scratch 20 points within the last couple well aside from yesterday um they hadn't they weren't able to scratch 20 points over the last couple weeks and losing to um the Chargers and into the Eagles so i mean they still have the defense um they still have they still have a they still have a cap- uh, a capable running game with David Montgomery but honestly i still i, I actually think they're missing Jordan Howard a little bit um but right now, I mean, um, like I said, it's up right now. It's up to Ch- Mitchell Trubisky to kind of pull it out for the Bears because these next couple of weeks, um, they got the um, they got the Rams in L.A. Then they they come back to host the Giants, and then they they host um, they go to Detroit to play the Lions. So two of those three games should be winnable. But you know, I mean, but my thing is, hey, if you got that defense, I mean, you're going to be in games. And actually, you know what? And the last time they played the Rams was last season in in Chicago, where they smoked them. And honestly, you know what? The Bears could go on a nice little run if they can get this win coming up on um, next Sunday. Because if they can beat the Rams, I think they. I know that I know they can beat the Bears and they they have and um, and beat the Lions to set them up with a chance to try to catch one of those wild card spots. But November they they definitely they definitely need to finish strong in November if they're going to have a chance to make the playoffs. And so with that being said, we're going to move over to the 7 and 3 um the 7 and 3 Minnesota Vikings who came off a very impressive victory last night in Dallas where it was a lot of questions going into that game about Mitchell uh, about um Kirk Cousins being able to beat teams with winning record, and Kirk Cousins did what you what you're supposed to do on the road. You make the plays that you're you're supposed to make. You stay in front of the chains, and you don't don't turn the ball over. Um, Dalvin Cook has been running like a madman. Their defense has been playing very well, and after that that two and two start, the Vikings have been five and one, and they've been and their defense has really come to life. They've really come to life over the past few weeks. Um, true, yeah, they, they did lose the week before in Kansas City. But prior to that, um, they, beat, they beat Washington at, um, at home. They, they hung up 42 versus the Lions. They smoked the Eagles, and they smoked the Giants before then. So right now, I mean, 
right now the Vikings they're holding they're they're pretty steady at this point in time. They're definitely going to contend for that division title. Um, you got Steph, you got Stephon Diggs playing very well. Like and like I stated earlier, you have Dalvin Cook, and then the and the the reemergence of Kyle Rudolph as a as a as a um, as a viable tight end has definitely given Kirk Cousins more weapons to throw to, especially down in the red zone. Now the question, now the big thing is, is Adam Thielen. I mean, right now, like that, that hamstring has been has been up and down with him for over the last couple weeks. Um, he injured it in the Detroit game back on October fourth, and he um, he missed the Washington game. He played he played a few plays in the Kansas City game, but he's been out. And usually, as we all know, hamstrings they kind of they, they 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 tend to linger a little bit. And if the Vikings are going to get where they want to get, they have to get. Adam Thielen back. Um, right now, their defense is playing fairly well, um, even though they did give up some big plays to Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper last night, which has pretty much been a given this season. But for the most part, when it was time to hold, the Vikings defense held. They they pretty much shut down Ezekiel Elliott last night, which honestly is something I'm not really I'm not too surprised with because the Vikings, as long as I can remember, have always had a very good rush defense. So this so their um next few games um they play they play they're two of, well three of the next four are fairly winnable um they play the Broncos in Minnesota now they go out to Seattle to play Seattle um to play the Seahawks on Monday night football on December 2nd then they play Detroit at home and finally they go out to LA to play the Chargers so those games right there are uh, three of three of those four games could are winnable. The only the only one that I'm kind of questioning is that Seattle game, but I think they can get three out of four. And if they can get three and four, I think they'll have an excellent shot at challenging Green Bay because after that Charger game, keep December uh, December 23rd scheduled uh, marked on your calendar because they host the Packers on Monday Night Football in Minnesota. So that's going to be a huge game. And especially for and that could that could be for the division right then and there. So right now, Minnesota, they especially with that that win yesterday, put themselves in prime position for a shot at the playoffs and for one of the top spots and even for the division. So Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer and company. Yeah, they 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 weathered that two and two storm very, very well. Now let's move up to the frozen. Well, the well, pretty much now we can almost say the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field because it's definitely snow. It was definitely frozen last night as it snowed um, with the Packers and Panthers game. And hats off to the Packers defense holding Carol uh, Christian McCaffrey at the one yard line to win the game. I mean, it definitely was not expecting that. And I mean, Green Bay. I mean, they're they're. Uh, I would. I really don't want to say surprise team. Well, you know what? Nah, I'm not. Really, not I'm, I can't really say a surprise because anytime you got Aaron Rodgers, you're going to have a chance to have a very good season. And right now, um, the Packers are looking very good um, with this team. Of pretty much almost aside from Devontae Adams, I mean, it's almost kind of like no name receivers out there that Aaron Rodgers is working with, and a solid running game with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Um, I mean. And like I said, and going back to the wide receiver, I mean, you got Marquez uh, Valdez Scanlon, 
along with Jimmy Graham, with Devontae Adams. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is also one of those players that you should look at as a uh, candidate for the MVP because, I mean, even with all the changes on his offense, I mean, he's still able to put his team in prime position to win as well as put up good numbers this season. Um, they they've had some they've had some very impressive role, um some very impressive wins as of late, um, including Carolina. They won at Kansas City on Sunday night. Um, they beat they they beat the Raiders. They won in Dallas, which pretty much I mean that's kind of like a staple of the Packers. They've been able to always win in Dallas, but I mean, but for the most part, I mean, yeah, I mean the Packers. I mean they've held pretty strong. Earlier this season, I mean, their defense was playing at a very elite level. It's just lately, um, lately, I mean, it, the defense has been a little bit shaky. Um, but like I said, I mean, hats off to them for coming up, uh, coming up in the clutch against um, the Panthers yesterday. And looking, looking at the, um, looking at um, the Packers' schedule coming up um, after um, after this week, they head out to well, they go into a bye, then they head out to the Bay Area to play the 49ers. That's going to be a very that's going to be a very intriguing game right there. Then they come back to host the Giants, and then they play um, they play Washington at home. So Green Bay, yeah, these next these next three games, yeah, I mean if they if they can make if they can get out with a, maybe like a two and one record. I think they'll they'll be in good shape. And so with that being said, we are done with the NFC North. It's time to move on to my favorite division, the NFC East. And so which pretty much at this time holds the 1 and 8 Washington Redskins, the 2 and 8 New York Giants, you have the 5 and 4 Philadelphia Eagles. And the five and four Dallas Cowboys. And so with that being said, I'm gonna get onto these two teams, these two bottom dwellers real quick, which is not really much to really say about them. First, Washington. Averaging 12 points a game. This they fired Jay Gruden earlier in this season. Really, Washington is really pretty much like a dumpster fire right now. You got the you got the rookie Dwayne Haskins in there. I mean, he's not ready at this point in time. But one player I do like that they picked up, uh, well, actually two players that they picked up in the draft was Montez Sweat and Terry McLaurin um, as well. I mean, the, the, I actually think the Redskins had a really good draft this year. True really wasn't expecting much from them this season, but God, I wasn't expecting them to look this bad. Because, yeah, looking at, looking at, <laughs> they've had some pretty terrible losses. I mean, the only game that they really looked good and had a chance to win was the first half in Philadelphia. But other than that, they looked really, really bad. True, yeah, they, they beat another hapless team in Miami. But other than that, Washington is right now garbage, right? <laughs> Straight up garbage. Yeah. And honestly, I'm looking at their schedule right now from from this point. I mean, they may have a chance to beat the Jets next week. They play, well, Depends on match to everybody. They may have a chance. Nah, let me change. Nah, they ain't beating the Lions. <laughs> um, they play. Um, they they play at Carolina, and right now, yeah, I'm not really expecting much from Washington this uh, the second half of the season. Really, right now, it's about positioning for the draft and trying to find a new head coach. I um, I will say this though. 
much props to Adrian Peterson. I mean, true, yeah, he's not he's not the AP that we all remember from back in the day, but I mean, he's still he's still grinding those yardages up, man. He's still able to kind of he's still able to kind of punish defenders. And like I said, uh, Terry McLaurin, he's looking looking very good as a rookie wide receiver, 497 yards and five TDs. All right, looking respectful. I mean, but the thing is though, it's like, man, what's crazy is this whole Trent Williams situation and how the Redskins, I mean, he was complaining about a lump. They they were kind of like, nah, don't worry about it. And they kind of overlooked it. Come to find out it was cancerous. And that and pretty much with that, he said he will never play for this organization again. He's been put on the non-football injury list. And right now, it's it's a mess in Washington. And the person that we got to look at at all this is Dan Snyder. I mean, this team has been an absolute train wreck ever since his arrival back in 1999. I mean, look at all the different coaches he's had. North Turner, um, Marty Schottenheimer, Terry Rubisky, um, um um, Steve Spurrier, who who else have they have? I mean, I mean, back in the eighties, in the early part of the nineties, I mean, the Redskins. They, I mean, they were one of the more stable organizations with Joe Gibbs and owner Jack Kent Cooke. What I don't know what the hell is going on with them ever since. It's really a mess. But honestly, at this point, having a team in their division, I don't care, and I hope they continue to stink for the rest of the season. Well, for like the next 10 years, because, yeah, <laughs> never really been. A, I, I've always hated the Redskins, not as much as the Cowboys, but that that's neither here nor there. But right now, yeah, they stink. And let's move on. Let's move up to the Giants. The New York football Giants, they've also been a train wreck. I mean, they started the season with Eli Manning, Manning um, starting the season. Which honestly, I think they should have just let Eli go after last season. But they wanted to, they wanted to give Eli a chance to kind of finish out on this quote unquote blaze of glory, which is definitely not the case. Eli's on the bench right now, and the reins have been given to rookie Daniel Jones. I mean, the kid, and I will say this though, the kids have the kid has had his moments. He's had his moments this season, but it's been too many inconsistencies out there. Um, I mean, he had a, he had a pretty good game against the Jets last night, but yesterday, but, um, made some, made some bad throws and, and, and made some, made some mistakes, uh, coming down the stretch. Um, right now the Giants, yeah, the Giants are looking pretty much just looking like a beaten franchise right now. And it's sad because they got this, they got this phenom in Saquon Barkley right now. They are wasting the young years of his career and, Right now, <laughs> honestly, I will say this: the Giants shouldn't have took Saquon at number. Uh, I believe he went number two. Um, they should have just kept continuing to build build that team. They should have definitely. They definitely need to continue to build that offensive line. I mean, they do have Evan Ingram as a wide receiver. Um, they, tra- as you we all know, they traded OBJ this offseason, so that's one less target to have. I mean, I will say this: I mean, think about it. I mean, if they didn't trade OBJ, I mean. Daniel, that would have given Daniel Jones another weapon to throw to, another weapon that he could have he could have grown with, along with Evan Ingram, along with Saquon Barkley, along with Sterling Shepard, who's injured at this point in time. So really, the Giants have definitely made some moves that really make you want to scratch their heads. 
And then they also, they also traded for Leonard Williams from the Jets. For what reason? I have no idea why. Because, I mean, for one, I mean, you get a player like that if you're on, on the verge of continue, contending for a playoff spot. At this point in time, they are nowhere near that. And so, I mean, really, I'm looking, and now I'm looking at their schedule coming up. Uh, I don't see them winning Chicago. I don't see them um, being Green Bay. I don't see them being Philadelphia. I, um, the only game that they could conceivably win the rest of the season is the Miami game, which they're lucky enough they got that at home. So right now we're looking at another top five draft pick for the Giants. And so, and then on top of that, we're looking at Saquon Barkley, who was injured, and looking at what Pat Sherman said, he's not going to shut him down. So, I mean, right now, but I really think that he, they could maybe lighten his work, his load. Because, yeah, yesterday what he did, he only had one yard against the Jets last night, yesterday. And so, right now, the Giants are a complete, absolute train wreck. So, with that being said, I'm going to move up to the top two teams in this division. And that is, I'm going to start with America's, oh, oh God, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to start with the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> um, right now, um, the Cowboys, I mean, talent-wise, the Cowboys have one of the best, better rosters in the league. And like I say, as an Eagle fan, I'm not afraid to say that. Yeah, they do, top to bottom, they have one of the better rosters. They Lately, the last few years, they drafted pretty well. It's just right now it's a lot of un, it's like a lot of up and downs with the Cowboys because I mean as you guys remember they start off like a house of fire being the Giants being the Redskins being the Vikings <coughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry being the Dolphins three teams that are definitely under the 500 mark then you go to New Orleans you lose to the Teddy Bridgewater led Saints you lose to, you you fall behind the Green Bay big and then you had to, to to try to rally behind a record performance by Dak to at least to try at least to try to at least make it interesting. Then you go to New York to lose to the hapless New York Jets. How do you do that? How do you lose to the Jets? You lose to you lose to Sam Darnold coming off mono and the Jets. Is no rhyme or reason. If you're a Super Bowl contending team, you're not to lose to a team like that. And and that's the thing with Dallas. They've been up and down, up and down this whole season. Then, I mean, unfortunately, they came and knocked the dog crap out of my Eagles. But, ugh. And then they go, they go on to um, New York to beat the Giants with the black cat. And then, um, and then last night they lost – to the Vikings. So like I said, I mean, teams with like like I said, teams with um with pretty good records, Dallas hasn't fared well against them. I mean, if you look at it right now at this point, I mean, I mean, they're one and four outside the NFC East. Their coaching, honestly, I still think will be the the thing that derails them because I mean, you got Jason Garrett, you got this new offensive coordinator, Keller Moore. I mean, he's okay. But I mean, you see, you're seeing you're seeing some inconsistencies with him as well. Um, the defense, I mean, the defense is, is like I said. I mean, it could just be the byproduct of not playing pretty good teams like they were early in the season. But I mean, Dallas's defense has been ran on a few times this season. Dak, I would probably say the only bright spot has been Dak Prescott this season. 
I mean, he he's been he's been the only he's been pretty much the reason why this team has stayed above float, stayed afloat this season. Um, he's putting. I mean, this is arguably he's he, he's playing at a very good pace this season. Um, I mean, right now, I mean, eighteen TDs, nine picks, one hundred two QBR rating. Now the question, I mean, and I I don't really want to look at Zeke as an issue. But the last couple of weeks, yeah, he hasn't really, he hasn't played as well as we're all accustomed to Z playing. True, you know what? Nah, you know what? Let me change that. Nah, you know what? I can't really, really put this on Zeke too much because for one, Minnesota does have a very good rush defense. I'll definitely say that they have a very good rush defense, and they, they, and Minnesota stopped a lot of good running backs. So it's not like they're playing against any type, any like some scrubs or anything like that. Um, he had, I mean, Zeke had a good game against Philly. He had over a hundred against the Giants. I mean, now I will say this though, the Packers stuffed him up. The Packers played good and the Saints played well against him. So right now, I mean, right now, like I said, I mean, Zeke just playing against, uh, um, some teams with some very good de- um, rush defenses. And then like I said, I mean, you got, um, Dak going to Amari, which has been a very good connection this season. Dak to Amari. I mean, he also has, I think, Michael Gallup. Randall Cobb has been a revelation. He's playing very well. And like I said, I mean, just right now, like, and that defense has been somewhat leaky a little bit. But, I mean, they've also played well against some of the bad teams. Um, right now, like I said, at this point in time, Dallas is very inconsistent at this point. Um, right now, I mean, they definitely squandered uh, um, some opportunities to run away with this division, especially with the Eagles struggling. Um, and right now at this point, I mean, right now they're five and four and the way, the way that is looking and the thing is though, they, and the thing is like, and they also have a pretty tough schedule coming up, um, this back half of the, of the season, their next three games. I mean, yeah, they play in Detroit, which Detroit typically plays teams pretty tough at home. Then they play at new England. Then they play the six and three Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving. Usually Dallas plays pretty well on Thanksgiving, but Buffalo Buffalo's defense is nothing to sneeze at. So definitely be prepared for an, um, for another slugfest. Then they go to Chicago. They play at home versus the Rams, which the Rams have pretty much they they've beaten Dallas every time they play in the last couple of years. Then a game that could ultimately decide the NFC East, December twenty second. Dallas at Philly, four o'clock at Lincoln Financial Field. Um, whoever wins that game is going to win the division, Philly. <laughs> and then they finish up um, against the Redskins. So, like I said, Dallas, yeah, they're like I said, I mean, they have they have the necessary tools to win the NFC. It's just the fact that it's a lot of up and down play with them. And so, with that, I'm going to finish off with. The Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, my Philadelphia Eagles. So yes, I finished with them. True, and right now they are tied. They're five and four, tied with the Dallas Cowboys for the NFC's lead. And really, with the Eagles, it's a it's a lot that I could really say about them at this point. Um, it's been inconsistent play from the wide receivers and a lot of drops. Um, Wide receivers can't get open, and it all pretty much happened 
when Deshaun Jackson got injured. And that right there was a recipe for disaster. When he went out, he pretty much almost, in a sense, kind of took the offense with him because he is the only person on that team that can stretch the field the way he does, which opens it up in intermediate in, in the intermediate routes for Alshon, Aguilar, Ertz, Dallas Garter, and the running game. Right now, defenses are, are have constricted that offense, which makes which which kind of makes Carson hold on to the ball a little longer than than what than what he wants to, because I mean really his wide receivers can't get open. So now and I will say that I mean Carson has, like I said, I mean Carson, for the most part, has played well this season. Um, there, there have been some times where he should have checked it down, maybe looked at, um, maybe looked at another receiver. But the fact of the matter, nobody has been able to get open, and there have been times where he's been caught, kind of, um, kind of been caught holding the ball a little too long, and has suffered a sack or loss of yardage. Um, Carson must just continue. He, the one thing he must continue to do is just continue. His, uh, his his maturation as a quarterback, I mean, he's only in his fourth season, and he's missed a lot of time. I mean, knock on wood, the injury guys have not hidden him, and I pray that they don't. But other than that, I mean, like I said, he's played very well this season. Um, and really, like I said, I mean, and it's, it's been a lot of um, – and matter of fact, I'm sorry, and going back to Carson and going to Car- – uh, looking at Carson's numbers, I mean, he, look, he's thrown 15 touchdowns. Um, he's only thrown four interception, a 93 uh, passer rating. I mean, I mean, he's playing very well. He's playing the quarterback position as well as you want, want him to play. It just sucks that he doesn't have any wide receiver who can separate or catch a ball. Now, I will say this: Jordan Howard has been a godsend for the Eagles. Um, he's been able to, to grind out the tough yards. He's been able to make plays and kind of give this team a chance to win the um, to win games in the end, um, the only game that they did not play well in was the Dallas game, in which they got the dog crap beat out of them. Um, Miles Sanders he's he's starting to come on as a legit um, um, explosive back. Then you got um, like I said, you got Zach Ertz, Alshon, and the crew. They just gotta somehow just make a play. And one of the things that as an Eagle fan, I was definitely disappointed that they didn't make a move at the trade deadline. True, yeah, they were looking at corners, but you had wide receivers such as A.J. Green out there to be had, as well as other um, other wide receivers that could def- that could have definitely helped take the pressure off of Carson and, and able to kind of open up some of the offense for some of the other players underneath. Um, the defense has gotten better. The defense has definitely gotten better. The pass rushes have definitely come on with Brandon Graham. Fletcher Cox is starting to round into shape off that injury this past season. And then the secondary, I mean, aside from earlier this season where there was a whole bunch of breakdowns um, Jaylen, um, with the return of Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills, um, the Eagles DBs have played a little bit better as of late. Um, mainly they just got to get some of the things, um, some, they just got to um, just kind of come, um, come ready to play these next couple games because they have some tough ones. With the Viking, I'm sorry, with the um, with the with the Patriots coming into town, as well as the Seahawks. From there, they got a pretty easy schedule with the uh, two games with the Giants, another game with the Redskins, and like I stated earlier, that December 22nd game against Dallas at the Link will pretty much be for the division lead. So Philly has to take care of the games that they're supposed to take. 
I mean, they kind of round, they kind of gotten over all that, all that backbiting stuff with Orlando Scandrick a couple weeks ago. They won two in a row, and they have a, a Super Bowl rematch with the Patriots coming up this Sunday. So if they can somehow get at least they can if they can split between Seattle and New England, I think they'll be okay uh, heading down the stretch. So that's it for the NFC. I'll be back to kind of give you guys long like the playoff picture and how everything's looking. Okay. All right, everybody. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. So basically just wanted to give you guys kind of like an update on um, if the playoffs started today, where would we be at right now? Eight and one, the eight and one Patriots would be the number one seed in the AFC along with the seven and two Baltimore Ravens. That'll be the, they'll be the two seed. Followed up by the Houston Texans at six and three. There, they'll be the division. They'll be representing the NFC South, as well as the Kansas City Chiefs, representing the AFC West, with a six and four record. And so that is in the last two wild card spots will be number five Buffalo and number six Pittsburgh. So basically, if it started today, Pittsburgh would be at Houston for the wild card game, and Buffalo would be at Kansas City. So and right now in the hunt we got the six, the six the five and four Oakland Raiders, the five and four um, Indianapolis Colts, the five and five Tennessee Titans, and then so now, I mean right now I mean the AFC yeah that's 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 some pretty decent pretty good field I kind of like that. So moving on to the NFC, um. You have the 8-0 49ers at the number one seed, followed up by the 8-2 Green Bay Packers. They'll be the two seed. So if the playoffs are today, they will get the buys. Um, then you'll have the 72 New Orleans Saints representing the NFC South, as well as the Dallas Cowboys at 5-4 and four as the fourth seed um, uh, representing the NFC East. The fifth seed would be the Seattle Seahawks going to Dallas. And the sixth seed you will have is the Minnesota Vikings going to New Orleans for the wild card. So right now, I mean, it's about six, um, about six, about six more weeks to go before the playoffs start. And so, and right now in the hunt, we have the five and four LA Rams followed up by the five and four Philadelphia Eagles, the five and four Carolina Panthers. And so right now, I mean, we're, we're starting the month of November. So, Teams teams willing to make that playoff push. You got you got six more weeks to go. So that's it. Uh, that brings us to a close for another episode of the Three One Zero Podcast. I'm your man K Mar. Just wanted to just drop these this knowledge and these facts to you. So when you get um, so if you want to rate the show, um, definitely do that on iTunes. Hey, I definitely appreciate it. Hey, give me whatever grade that you feel I deserve. And if you want to um, interact with the show. Shoot me a voice message. Shoot me an email at the310podcast at gmail.com. Like I said, I'm your man, K Mark. I'll catch you with you later. Peace.